everyone and welcome back to episode 50 of the Back Pocket Banner podcast. What a milestone, the half century. Uh, welcome, Connor. How good is it, mate? Yeah, it's, uh, it's great to be back and yeah, uh, who would have thought that we'd reach this milestone? Obviously, first half century in my career, haven't ticked it off in cricket, uh, unfortunately, but yeah, that's no, a good achievement from the lads. Yeah, well, I'd have to say the same. Actually, uh, 44 ticked over, and then um, I was like, you know, I've passed my... I'm beyond my boundaries here. I'm out of my depth. Uh, but to reach the half century, boy, it feels good. And to raise that bat, um, and it's, it's, been a, it's, it's been a pretty solid innings, really. I think we've, we've faced a fair few rocks, um, and we've come through the other side to onto greener pastures. We certainly have, yeah. It's been a lot of fun thus far, and look forward to continuing it on into the future yeah I guess look back at you know first episode kind of prior to that um when you first heard about it tell me about you know your reaction when I first posed it to you and um you know what you thought uh when I said it uh I was probably a bit hesitant at first uh maybe just a bit of feeling of uh, a bit uncomfortable about the whole thing just doing something new uh yeah, so I was a little bit nervous at the start and the potential to get a uh, big guess on. I was pretty nervous about that prospect, but I was also quite excited uh, once I thought about it a bit and I thought, boy, I'd come up with a great idea and um pretty thankful that he was able to come up with that because I wouldn't change it and it's been a lot of fun ever since. It's almost, it's tear-jerking sort of stuff. I'm nearly tearing up over here, Connor, but um, yes. no, it's, it's, been a, it's been yeah, a hell of a ride, obviously, you know. During lockdown, year 12, uh, we're at home. You know, there's nothing to do except study. <laughs> and um, I've said to Connor, look, look, mate, um, w- you and I both know as well as each other that we're bored as hell right now. Let's just, what, what if we just had a chat each week about a bit of sport like we do, but chuck the record button on it? And he said, oh, geez, Blair, I, I don't know. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and that's I'll, probably actually... Yeah, exactly how I said it. And I, I worked on him for, for a week or two, uh, come up with the ideas, thought, oh, here we go, I can make a little bit of art, uh, learnt how to, you know, record, uh, you know, we look back and we're recording on our Mac computers, just talking into it, now we've got the mic set up and, and all sorts, um, and we've come a hell of a long way, we're using GarageBand and all that sort of stuff, I spent hours on the intro early days and, and, um, and you know, absolutely grinded trying to get some guests uh, and yeah, it's uh, turned out to absolute blossom, and it's been a hell of a lot of fun. Um, f- going looking back, Connor, what's your what's your favourite episode thus far? Obviously, a tough one uh, when you chuck forty nine others in the mix. But yeah, mm. yeah. Um, well, certainly one of the favourites was the uh, the first one we did together, just to uh, experience that. But in terms of guests, uh, I don't think I can go past Brett Lee. I mean, to get him on. Um, when he was on the Zoom on the screen, it was hard to believe. Really, you're like, you're like, how is this guy talking to us right now? Like he's so famous and such a good cricketer, and clearly such a good person. Um, for him to come on was awesome. So I don't think I can, I can go past that. But no, like Sam Mitchell and yeah, well, the list really goes on. There's a lot of um good players in there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, you know, great athletes, great people uh, from all different walks of life. Uh, obviously, yeah, touching on the Binger one, oh, gee whiz, that was, it was scary, uh, it was exciting, and it was, um, you know, a newfound milestone, that was crazy stuff. Um, you know, when I got the message back, I thought, this can't, this, could this be? And then I thought, this is, and, and our wolf pack increased by one to three, and we had Binger in the mix. <laughs> um, and just a little hangover reference for you there. But no, that was unreal. Brett Lee, um, look, like an absolute icon. Uh, everyone, there's no one that doesn't know Brett Lee. Um, and the stuff he's done over Bollywood, you know, hitting the charts. They love him over there in India. Uh, and that was, it was great to talk to the man for the best part of just over an hour. Um, which was, I'd probably have to say that's my highlight, but I've loved ones, you know, um, with the local concept, uh, context, um, obviously early days, Ryan McClure, Ryan Shagger McClure, coach man, uh, premiership coach 2019 for Harry Balmoral. Yep, the great man. That was um, It was great to get him on. Fun. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, early days and a few locals in the mix as well. It's always great to sort of, you know, touch base with some locals and, and get them on the pod and have a chat about their careers and stuff. Um, 
But yeah, probably another one. Obviously, you know, Sam Mitchell's pretty pretty amazing. Sort of when you look back at it. But I love the sort of ones. You know, um, I love chatting to the blokes like Travis Varco, uh, Leon Davis, Tommy Mack, those sort of guys, um, and just sort of hearing about you know background. Tommy Mack, obviously a local boy. Other boys sort of hearing about their background, how they first sort of got into the game. Um, it was yeah, really fascinating and and like. Uh, to be honest, I'm I'm probably due to listen back all over our like back to all our pods uh, in good time and and sort of you know see how far we've come and and who we've actually spoken to and and just sort of relive that again. It'll be a, a special memory to have as we get older. Yeah, you almost forget um, sort of who we've had on because we've had a lot of episodes now. Um, but yeah, really keen to. Oh, it's been incredible. Relive it and. Well, if you think about, you know, who we got on, it's you're almost like in our little studio here, uh, we will, you know, put them all up over the wall, every single guest. And just so we've got like, you know, a little shrine uh, because it's pretty sick when you look back at all of them and you can quite easily forget, you know, 50, 50 episodes in the mix. It's been a it's a, been a pretty healthy ride and healthy run, um, you know, over, well, geez, what, 14, 15 months maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, even episodes like Matt Garrick and... Um, Brad Hollis, Tommy Seager, Kados. A great source. Not professional athletes, but um, they were really... Ripping chats. Yeah, they were really funny guys, and it was really, um, yeah, enjoyable to be a part of those uh, episodes, and as good as any, really, I thought. Yeah, no, for sure. And kind of look, at the start, did you ever think we'd make uh, 10, let alone 40, let alone 50? Uh, and who knows what's to come? Uh, oh, definitely not. I didn't really have any expectations for uh where it could go and what we could do and uh yeah the guests i would have never imagined having uh any of those sorts of people on um but yeah pretty pretty grateful to chat to them really because um they're the ones that uh say yes in the end and give us the opportunity um so yeah it's really yeah really grateful for it and taking a step away from the guests um obviously you know, I think it's really important to recognise, and this is a huge thank you to everyone that's got on board, um, everyone that's supported, liked, followed, commented, everyone that's just seen us in the street and said, you know, well done on the pod, I'm enjoying it, or, or any sort of bit of support from all the people uh, that we know uh, has been, you know, uh, amazing, really, and um, it's what sort of keeps the motivation there and keeps you ticking over. Um, and it must go a massive thank you to all those that have, you know, uh, spent time and, and put in the effort to help us out getting guests. Um, obviously, we've had to source most from ourselves, which has been a tough run, and it's always, you know, tough to sort of keep them coming. And, and we always appreciate anyone sort of chucking in a word and, and trying to help us out, which um, is, yeah, we've been really thankful for. So uh, with the support, we can't thank you all enough. And, um, yeah, keep keep up the good work, and hopefully we can keep releasing content um, Towards the end of this year and into next year as we go off to uni, uh, we'll be together uh, again still. So we'll hopefully still be able to get a few guests and maybe even, Connor, maybe even a few in person uh, in Melbourne once we get down there and the COVID situation sort of relaxes a bit. We might actually be able to meet and uh, interview sort of in person and, and get some photos and videos and that sort of stuff. So um, it's still very exciting things to come and, um, yeah, stay with us because we're loving it. Yeah, that would be absolutely unreal. But yeah, like Blair said, thanks to all the support they've um, from everyone. They've really built it from the ground up and liked, followed, and just uh, just really um, helped us out and supported us, which has kept us uh, going and yeah has built uh, built the podcast to what it is today. So uh, genuinely thankful to everyone out there for supporting. Yeah, and and I just like just thinking back. I know, you know, it's not much, but it's honest work. On the pod, we've cracked four sixty followers, right? Um, we've had thousands and thousands of listens uh, over the journey. And if you just look back, you know, we we just did this at the start. We didn't even know what was going on. Um, we just chucked it up, uh, hoped you would get around it, and you did. Uh, and if we look, you know, we've went from zero followers and and no one really knowing even what it was and just throwing you know rolling the dice taking a risk and um yeah we've really loved it and uh hopefully you guys have too so uh we can we're looking forward to keep continuing that sort of and um yeah keep chatting sport and, and finding you know guests and stuff in the off season as well of the footy so um yeah exciting things to come Connor. absolutely and um i guess firstly 
um, on the agenda. Since we touched base last, the finals and the grand final. Uh, what a what a cracker! What a cracker of a grand final it was, Connor. I mean, you go back what seventy four points in the end, right? And to think the dogs were up by nineteen at halftime, I believe. It's it's incredible change of events and and what a game! Um, outstanding performance from Melbourne in oh the second half, the major part of the second half, and um, I don't think we'll ever see anything like that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. For three quarters, it was uh, crazy. The momentum swings were uh, pretty extreme. And I think it was, uh, I think they were one or two goals at half time. But midway into the third quarter, when Bontempelli kicked that goal, they got up by 19 points. And you think, well, maybe it's just a bit too much for Melbourne. Maybe they've had a great year. Well, this is definitely what I was thinking. They've had a great year, but maybe it's just. Uh, one step too far, but within uh, five or six minutes of that goal from Bontempelli, they were back in front, and by three-quarter time, they up by four goals, and you kind of knew that they were just too good with the momentum that they had, and yeah, the end of that third quarter, that was where it was really won and lost, that blitz out of the centre, three or four clearance goals, Oliver, Viney, Petrarca, Maxi Gorn, Angus Brayshaw, guys like this really went to work and, uh, yeah, without them. And obviously Fritch kicked some extremely important goals that uh, I think we'll touch on a bit. Yeah, Fritch, what a year. I mean, he's he's a mid-sized sort of forward, right? And he's went from a year where he probably kicks maybe, I don't know, 20 last year, 20-odd, 25, to go to what? How many did he kick this year, Connor? He kicked 59, so... It's, including finals, obviously, but that's an incredible effort uh, for any forward, let alone a bloke of his height that plays like he does, uh, plays tall, uh, great hands, beautiful kick of the footy, and what a year. Six goals, two in a grand final. And I'll pose you this, Connor. Six goals, two, I think you got maybe, oh, three norm votes. Does that sound right? Obviously, track was the vast majority. Might have uh, been more than that. Yeah, you got more than that. Might have um, been... What did track win it with? 16? Track won it with, uh, I think, 15. It might have been 7 or 8, actually. Seven yeah, I eight. think it was yeah, 7 or 8 or maybe even 10. Okay, um, 7 or 8. I'll, I'll pose you this, Connor. Fritch, he kicks, instead of 6-2, he kicks 8-0. Does he win the norm? Oh, not sure. Um, oh, he would have had to be, he would have had to be extremely close to winning it. Obviously, Petrarca had one of the most... Complete games from midfielder you ever see. He kicked a couple, uh, 39 disposals. Um, uh, I think he had nine clearances and 11 inside 50s, um, possibly, and 15 score involvements as well. So that that was pretty huge. But, um, yeah, Fritch would have been extremely close. He got uh, – Fritch got 10 votes in the Norm Smith. Petrarca, 15. Fritch, 10. So if but you add another two what, goals, then what I'm saying, though, it's going to be extremely close. I know, but I want, I, want a, I want a decision from you. I want a call. So two goals, just two missed goals. And I think they might have been narrow misses uh, in that respect, actually. Two narrow misses. They, a margin of centimetres almost you know, on a couple of them. They go through the big sticks. Both of them, eight goals. Does he win the norm? Or just track hold on with 39, two goals and 15 score involvements. Yeah, he was, he kicked pretty a- accurately. I would think, oh, I'd say you'd you'd nearly have to um, win it in the uh, win the norm in the biggest game of the year if you kick eight straight. Um, but yeah, the way they've like historically, they probably wouldn't have gone it. But I would have liked to think that they would have. Um, and it's yeah, fascinating because it's extremely tough because Petrarca, you can't play a better game. It's, it's it's tough to get touches in grand finals, let alone getting thirty nine. And it was, um, they thought it was maybe forty there for a second. Oh, it's absolutely was, slaughter. Uh, and yeah, we will touch on that. We will the, touch on that, but because that broke the record, um, um, and then it went back down to uh, equal. Yeah, we will touch on that, but it's it, it is a tough one. I'd say Fritch wins it with eight. Um, because I, I, if you don't, if you kick eight in the grand final, what more can you actually do? I, even with six, right? The last bloke to kick six in the grand final and not win the norm in a winning side, it, it would be nearly. T- it would be tough to find someone that hasn't has kicked six in the granny and hasn't won the norm. Almost, I reckon. It, even six, nearly. If 
Track doesn't have the best game of his whole career and arguably the best game in the history of any grand final. If he doesn't have that game, Fritch wins it with six. Eight, guaranteed I'm locking him in. He wins it because you can't do any more than that. Yeah, it was one of the best um, grand finals uh, from a Ford. Jeez, she's tough to pick though. Like Ford, Salem even. Yeah, like Ford that. in the modern era. And then, yeah. then if the... D- if you go on the flip side, if the doggies were to win, well, Caleb Daniel had about... Had 26 at half time, yeah, and I thought, whoo, gee I thought, whiz. Well, yeah, with them up at, at that time, I thought, yep, well, he's going to win it if they're going to win. Um, but obviously it took a turn for the worst for the uh, the doggies. But, nah, fantastic effort. And he kicked a few early. He kicked a, he kicked a few to get them going when they didn't... In that third quarter when... Through the bot. Uh, no, sorry, Fritch, when they oh. hadn't looked like... Um, they didn't really like kicking a goal. Yeah, no, he, he kicked that next one, and then he kicked one exactly uh, straight after that and started a bit of an onslaught, really. So the timing of the goals, you can kick six, but the timing of them was absolutely imperative uh, to the win. They don't win without him, I don't reckon, even though they oh. win by 12 goals. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, Connor. Bond, he would genuinely feel like someone's just ripped his wallet out of his back pocket and ran away with it, and they got away with it. Because the bloke, right, going into let's let's rewind a few weeks before the grand final. Well, actually, just go a week before the grand final. It's coming into Brownlow night, a hot favourite to take the whole take home Chaz, and a very good chance to win goal of the year as well. He's on the waters because he's playing in a grand final, captaining a side to be a second time premiership captain. Yeah, well, coming se- from second time, he wasn't captain in. 2016, oh, he was only 20, I think, then, or 21, but... Sorry, second-time... Two, two-time Premiership player, though. And Premiership captain, if they were to win this one. Coming from outside the top four again, and then he doesn't win goal of the year. Ollie Wine storms home, rips the Brownlow from his neck. Then the grand final, they... At half-time, he's got the boys up and about, they're roaring. He's probably kicked one or two. He's probably looking a good chance for the norm, and bang... What happens there? Done. Done. Bont is sitting back, looking at the year, thinking, I could have been a Brownlow medalist, a premiership captain, and a goal of the year recipient. And now I'm back to the drawing board. But yeah. uh, taking nothing away from him. Uh, I love the Bont. And uh, an unreal season, individual, and as a team, as a captain, as a leader, uh, to bring him from outside the top four again. Well, not obviously he didn't last time, but f- to come from outside the top four again, it's it's incredible, and um, yeah, excited to see what he offers. Um, so we've obviously got a bit of news with the trade period, Connor. Um, yeah, that's so- wrapped up, and there there wasn't a heap happening this year really. I feel like compared to other other years, there was there's always going to be a bit happening, but there was not real hype around it. I don't think, and not as much talk as usual. Maybe, maybe not as many big fish. I don't know, but um, run us through a couple of the key uh, and the biggest trades, I guess, of the whole period, Connor. Yeah, so there was many trades, but in my opinion, I think I think someone like a Jeremy Finlayson, he went from, he was at the Giants and he's gone to Port Adelaide uh, and GWS receive a future third-round selection. So he, Fair steal, I think. Yeah, yeah so he's gone, he's gone for not much, really. You think he just needs a fresh start? That could, yeah, that could be pick 40 or 50 and... A guy of his quality, he kicked 44 goals in 2019 in that... Um, Bit of a push, fridge. Yeah, pushed the grand final. Um, he was really important for them. But I think he can just take the pressure off Dixon, um, maybe even help uh, Mitch Georgiades, because uh, he's a little bit older, maybe help them develop a little bit as well. So I think he's very important. And the Giants have now lost, well, Jeremy Cameron and Finlayson, who were two of their best forwards from the 2019 season. They've lost them in the last two seasons. So that's a pretty big blow. And then obviously the one that's talked about the most, probably Adam Chera, obviously went from the Dockers to Carlton. And, I'll tell uh, you what, Connor. Freo, they, they've given up pick six uh, to Freo and a future third-round selection. So, so it's cost him a bit, but... Yeah, you'd better hope he plays well, but uh, he's pretty talented. How old is he? How old is he, 21 maybe? Yeah, he's been... 21 or two? Four years from drafted. Yeah, so he's... Yeah, 21, maybe so, 22. So he's 
he's still very young to be playing but if, footy. If you think about it, it's got to be a bit exciting being a Blues fan right now. Uh, you, you've turned into somewhat of a destination. Like, players want to go there. For, like, players seem to want to go there. There's a lot of talent on the list, right? And it's it feels like that... And, and Coons, uh, Adam Cooney said, I think um, he reckons they're cherry ripe to make finals next year. Uh, what do you reckon about that comment, Connor? What do you what do you see the Blues doing next season? Yeah, well, if if you look at their team on paper, the team that they're going to have, it looks it looks pretty good, and I think they've improved the last few years. Even though their supporters and people might think, well, they should have done better, but they've really not been too far off. Um, especially some games they've just had close losses or um, run down from behind, and um, that's been pretty costly, but I think they can get extremely close to the finals, anywhere from uh, fifth to eighth, and they'll be very disappointed um, if they miss. But I think in the in the past they've just picked up guys that are they're not really established AFL players, like they're they're handy, but they're probably they're, not. They've had do a lot it. of ha- yeah, they've had a lot of handy guys that just haven't really come on, taken off, and that's probably they probably thought at the time they thought, geez. Put all these well, good good players together, and Zach it's going to be a good side. But and like Adam Saad as well, they just haven't really. Saad's been decent, I think, Connor. But they're certainly is... they're certainly not bad players. They're pretty decent players, but they just haven't taken it to that next level, I guess. Saad's been decent, but um, you know, probably not his Essendon sort of run and and, and carry. But we'll move on to some of the other trades, Connor. We'll try and speed through these a little bit. Um, obviously, like we mentioned, there wasn't a heap of huge ones. Um, I, I thought the Jordan Dawson one. Um, I thought that's. I think that's going to be a really good pickup for Adelaide, um, and I think he's pretty underrated in the comp at the moment. Yeah, that that is absolutely huge for the Crows. Um, Sydney they receive a first round selection, but it's going to come. Uh, well, it's coming uh, via Melbourne. So Adelaide, they're not giving up uh, that much to get um, in this situation, and. Uh, his skills, like his kicking's pretty highly rated. His kicking, his agility, his running. Uh, I think he could play. He could play halfback. He could play wing. He could play a bit inside to what provide options? a bit of spark. Yeah, he had great versatility to them, and I think he come third in Sydney's best and fairest. And it, oh, he was definitely one of their most valuable players. So it's a big loss for Sydney. Huge get for the Crows. Yeah, for sure. Um, and. Jake Kelly, I thought that was, um, I thought that I think that's a pretty good pickup for Essendon, to be honest. I think Jake Kelly's probably another one of those players who's been a bit underrated. Um, and you know, going to Essendon, actually, I I like that move, and I think he could be a pretty strong player for Essendon. Who, in respect, like, I think Essendon are going to be a decent side in the next couple of years. Um, I I think I think we saw glimpses this year of what the side can sort of do when they're up and running, and I, I, there was lots of periods of time where I thought they were going to make. Um, make the eight. Uh, yeah, they they oh, did they, they did in the end. Actually, yeah, they couldn't get they, up in the final, could they? Nah, they got um beaten dogs? pretty yeah beaten pretty convincingly in the yeah. final. But yeah, you think, think it's good signs for them though. You think that only get better from here? Like Perkins showed great signs. Um, Nick Cox on the wing showed really good oh, signs. And you look at the season Parish and Merritt had incredible years. Stringer second half of the year was well. Last sort of five games, I guess, were outstanding. Yeah, well, yeah, second half was yeah, uh, fantastic. So you'd think that only get better. But a, a few more that I kind of think are and I'll just quickly influential trade. on that Essendon thing, Peter Wright as well really come on this year. Had a few big hauls, uh, and I really liked it. Like, I like him, big mitts, a launch and boom and leg from outside 50. And I think he had, obviously, it might have been against some weaker sides, but he had a few big nights out. And I definitely, I think... Don's fans can really sort of see him as a, a real, you know, their forward, key forward going, like, in the next few years, I think. And obviously with help from other players. But, um, yeah, I liked what I saw from him as well. Yeah, he kicked seven against the doggies. So uh, that was uh, very handy. But I think, like, Patrick Lipinski from has gone from the Western Bulldogs to Collingwood and Western Bulldogs received pick 43. I can Collingwood would be pretty happy with that. I think he's a really good player. Um like, clearly too good for VFL. When he went back there, he just looked like he was in second gear and he was getting 35, 40 touches a game. But 
He looks really skillful, really composed, and he's a great runner also. And then uh, there's a few others like Callum Coleman-Jones, obviously a big loss for uh, the Tigers, our side. And a lot of potential for North going forward. Yeah, he's gone to, gone to North. And although he's only played the nine games, he showed some really good signs. So he's pretty inexperienced still, and he'll have some inconsistencies in his game. And uh, But, yeah, he can really be a good player for them going forward, and I think... He wants to play a good ruck time, and Goldstein's 32 uh, or 33, so he's getting pretty close to the end, so he's a really good pickup um, for that position. Obviously, Robbie Tarrant, uh, a bit of a swap, comes to the Tigers. Uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, he's old, uh, but I think he, it's a good sort of couple-year fix, straight in, replace Asprey, um, and he's a very good player, and I think give him a couple... The two-year deal was, you know, people were talking about that, they thought, geez, I don't know about it. But I think North in the end just buggered around a bit too much and didn't really probably show him enough res- respect in their initial offer for a you know a veteran of the club and, and still a very good p- player. And then uh, Tyke swooped on that and uh, threw him a two, two-year offer and he's uh, at Tigerland next year. Yeah, you don't normally see teams pick up 32-year-olds, but... Unless they're Geelong. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, Jong, that's the average age. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, but um, I, I think it's a good get overall for uh, the Tigers. Like you said, he can come in, replace Asprey. A few young fellas can de- develop around him, including Noah Boulder, who's still extremely young. And the back one's still, it's still a pretty young sort well, of setup. Well, you've Rioli back there. You've even got, like, folks like Mansell even this year. Stack is sort of back in the side and playing a bit of footy. Um, it's a it's a very inexperienced sort of young and once you take Basha Hooley and David Asprey out of there, and you know I think they're gonna I think those young blokes really benefit from having Tarrant back there and obviously you know Vlosten and, and Grimes fit um, and I think yeah it's a, I, I like it I'm excited about it yeah he's a very good player when he's not injured he's just had a pretty wretched run um, well at times throughout his career but the last few years God, I'll tell you what Jordan Clark mate. In the Freo long sleeve, I saw an image today with him holding the Freo long sleeve. Oh, geez. pretty good I, I picture. Think I, I think I've fallen in love, to be honest. Uh, it, yeah, he looked good in the Geelong stuff, but whew, that Freo long sleeve, mate, it, it looks absolutely gorgeous on uh, young Clarky. I'm excited about that. Yeah, one. and he's he's a pretty exciting player. He's got good run. He's got. Um, well, I had him in my. Yeah, he's got a booming. Yeah. he's got a booming leg. And if he wasn't playing for Geelong, who have been such a consistent, strong side. He's probably playing most weeks um, for any other team. So with the combination of Jordan Clark and Will Brody, who they got, Freo got from the Gold Coast, who he was touted as a number one pick. Pretty solid body, isn't he? Yeah, he's a yeah. big, big body. He was touted as a number one pick back in 2016, and he went pick nine. And only a few years ago, he averaged 22 disposals and uh, nearly six tackles a game. So he's a really hard nut. And So with the combination of those two, um, I think they'll replace... Uh, Chera and I think Will Brody will get a uh, pretty good opportunity, and as will Jordan Clark. So it's 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 beneficial for Chera to go to Carlton, um, move on, kind of come back to his hometown or home city. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's going to be really good for Freer, and they're another team that could uh, well took a lot, took of, a lot, of, took a lot of strides this yeah. year, and they had a lot of injuries, but they were extremely yeah, close to making the finals. Freer, Dons, and Carlton, right? Out of those three, next year... Well, actually, firstly, do you see Carlton making finals next year? Um, because, you know, people have said with their list they should... It's a big responsibility for um, Vossi uh, coming on and... and uh, yeah. yeah, straight in because and like, uh, just expect, like, expect them to do something that they haven't done the since... Carlton Board have put a lot of expectation... 2014, I reckon. Carlton Board have put a lot of expectation on their coaches. Teague, a lot of expectation in COVID-interrupted years and he didn't deliver... And unfairly was, um, I think, dismissed from the club. And Tyke's picked him up, which I'm happy about that, but that's another story. Um, but I think, yeah, it's a big ask for Vossi, but I think they've got the side where they could sneak in to a seventh, eighth spot. Um, and I'll go out on a limb and say I think they finish eighth next year. Yeah, you're always pretty sceptical of them, but I think they'll, I think they'll probably finish seventh or eighth. Um, uh, they'll have to do a lot right. Like they can't, they can't uh, just bleed oh, consecutive goals, which they have been. Which that that's probably 
hurt them the most the last few years. That other than that, they've been pretty good, but it's just been a 10 or 15 minute burst where teams kicked five or six and then you're playing catch up from there and then it might just peter out. You might kick as many goals so you can lose one quarter badly and win the others and win uh, and lose the game. I think if you look at their side now, I think they've got the real foundations to be a really good side. Harry Mackay in the forward lines absolutely dominated this year. Um, Coleman medalist, young bloke. Weedering's really come into his own uh, in the back half. And Cripper, he had a down year, but I back him to the hills to bounce back next year. Probably under a bit of an injury cloud throughout this year as well. Give him time. Let him bounce back. Chuck Adam Chera in there, right? Then you still got um, Sard and Williams down the back, don't you? So yeah, it's, they can. It's, and look, say you get some and they can lift. Like Those boys Charlie can definitely Kerno, lift. get him fit. I don't know where he slots in, but like you know, and even like their midfield, you got blokes, hard bodies, Ed Kerno, these sort of guys. Sam Walsh, what a star! Thirty votes in his like. Yeah, he's just one. He's just one Carlton's best and fairest. Like, and Thirty votes, it's of, it's insane. If you look at them on paper they probably should make finals. If you look at it from reality and say you've got a bloke coaching him in his first year, you say it's probably tough. But I, I'll back him. Even though there's other good sides, Essendon, Frio, those sides, but I'll back him. So, yeah. um, and on the Carlton thing, Connor, as well, I want to mention, um, obviously Sam Doherty, uh, it's, it's very sad news that, you know, um, he's had ongoing battle with uh, cancer and it's come back and he's obviously having to go through chemotherapy at the moment. Um, and I always like seeing positives out of this sort of stuff because, you know, it's a very it's – a, it's a huge battle. It's tough. It's mentally and physically draining on him and, and his teammates. And, it's, it's something you're not really – yeah, you're not – you, you don't see often it happen to, like, a, a footballer, so you probably don't – you almost feel like it can't because it, it does, doesn't happen that often. But, yeah, he's, he's had it a few times down – I think you think he's going pretty well with it, so hopefully he can fight back. And I, I don't know what the recovery looks like. I don't know how long he'll be out for, but hopefully he can get back next year as, as the club's co-captain. Um, he's obviously has a huge impact around the club, so cool. uh, they'll rally together for him. How heartwarming! Well, they already have, and how heartwarming was it to see them all shaving their heads and and whether it be current players, ex players, um, staff. Supporters. It it was just a great outpour on social media over the weekend, and and um yeah, it was it was beautiful to see really, and all of them backing him in, and it's it's tough going, um real tough, and I think, you know, no doubt during tough times, stuff like that really, you know, can help sort of keep the spirits up, and um yeah, wish him all the best in his recovery. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic initiative from them, and yeah, hopefully he goes well, and he's a pretty good player, so hopefully he can come back and play some really good footy and enjoy himself, most importantly. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to touch on uh, the Brownlow. Uh, obviously, that happened. We sp- touched on that just before. Ollie Wines, um, he was he was a fair favourite, uh, especially probably towards the end of the year. People started thinking, yeah, like this bloke. Early, he might have went under the radar a bit uh, for the talks for Brownlow, just because, you know, interstate club, doesn't get the recognition. If he was Victorian, yeah, he's probably been a lock all year. But... Um, yeah, what a season from him. The amount of ball he won. He's just a, an absolute bull in the midfield. Strong, hard, contested, uh, hard to bring down, hard to play on. Um, Majors hit the scoreboard every now and then. But the sheer weight of numbers, there was a number of games where he cracked 40. Uh, what a great year from him and well-deserved. Jack, Jack McRae, that is. Ollie, um, oh, Ollie Wines, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's been a great year from him. And um, to win the Brownlow, um, I thought, yeah, he had a ripping year and... It was very well deserved, actually. Um, Jack Steele, I, I was hoping would get up. Um, I backed him to the hills all year. He just, yeah, uh, he, he, he just, just started. Didn't, he started slow. I th- actually, just I'm, didn't go the way I thought it would. I'm not, so I'm not sure he started slow, but the team were copped a few absolute jobbing. So it's tough to get votes there. But what is going on with the Brownlow Medal votes? So oh, there was multiple occasions, Connor, multiple occasions where players had 35 plus and a goal or two. And didn't get a vote? Oh, boys, what is going on there? You can say impact all you want, but when Jack Steele has 12 tackles, how's that not impact? Yeah. yeah. Oh, gee, nah, he probably should have possibly got a few more, but he ended up pretty strong. But going back to Ollie Wines, to pip someone like Bontempelli, who received 33 votes, to pip him. Yeah, it was high vote count, wasn't it? Crazy. Yeah, because that wins it. 
It wins it most of the time from Bond and Bellion. Well, Sam Walsh on 30 wins it half the time. Yeah, well, yeah, most of the time as well. Um, and it equaled yeah, 36 votes, equaled Carlton's Dusty highest. from... It equaled, it equaled, I'll have another crack, equaled Carlton's highest ever uh, Brownlow medal tally uh, with Chris Judd and it might have been Cripper. I don't hey, know. From, yeah, from Walshie. From, yeah, it's, that's from incredible. Sam Walsh. Uh, when you look at the age of the kid um, and... Not necessarily criticism he's copped, but for him to, you know, he was in the spotlight. They were saying, you know, he's not the player that they probably hoped he would be. Yeah, well, Kane Corn said oh, no, some, but it's not just pre- some pretty ridiculous comments yeah, he, about it all. As he always does. Being young and he... It I was know, pressure on him. He played some He played some pretty good footy from from the get-go, really. Um, but Kane yeah. Corns says... Mate, you don't make an impact. Sam Walsh says, hold my beer, mate, and just hits the scoreboard when he wants. Uh, it was great to see. Yeah, he's already a, probably, he's already a better player than what Corn... Nah, Cornsy was a pretty... Kane Corns was a pretty good yeah. player, but Sam Walsh, the sky's the absolute limit for him, and he could go down as one of one of the greats with the footy he's playing already. If he can keep that going, then he's going to have so many accolades uh, come the end of the career, but Definitely. yeah, all he wants, 36 votes leveled Dustin Martin from 2017, who many think or many consider was the best season of all time. I know uh, Lee Matthews and guys like that were pretty, um, yeah, pretty respectful of it and said how good the season was. Yeah, all he wants to do that and he lost his captaincy. He was getting, I think he got dropped there for a little yeah, bit. It's, he had inc- a, it's incredible. He had a really tough time only last year and the year before, so Shows how it shows you can bounce back and you can play well. You can be considered the best player in a season, which is it's an unbelievable effort from him. And I think something that's probably forgotten on a few people what he's um, been through. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. And I, I want to speak about Connor Jason Horn Francis, right? Um, it's it's he's very highly touted. What a machine he is. He's he's putting up unreal numbers, and he is in demand, isn't he? I mean. You look at the draft offers for the number one pick, Connor, and you you tell me, you tell me, tell the tell our supporters about them because that was fascinating. What Tigers offered and Adelaide? Yeah, well, Richmond offered their first pick, which is pick number seven, and they offered. I think it was. I think it was fifteen, twenty six, and CJ. It's, yeah, it was. Uh, it was three or four picks inside thirty. Which it shows how highly. So I'm not sure Adelaide's was probably something. It was pretty high offer too. Yeah, though. it's I probably like, something that would have been their first pick. Maybe a few more inside the top thirty, but it's pretty sought after. And I think the point of difference. But didn't Adelaide? I'll quickly interrupt you. Didn't Adelaide have pick four, maybe, or something like that? Yeah, and I they chucked quite, that up. I reckon they chucked up pick four. Yeah, yeah. I and, think it was a, I think it was an earlier first it, pick. It than poses the, the question quickly that how much different. Is pick four from pick one? Uh, like I, I feel like when I look at it, I feel like how different can these players be? Like I mean, obviously each player's got differences. They're all different standout strengths and all that. But to throw that much on the line for first pick as compared to four, three later, I don't like. I look back at Richmond's offer and I think I'm, I'm glad that North Melbourne. I mean, yeah, I'm glad that they um. They didn't accept that. Yeah, actually, to be honest, yeah, because Richmond have I'm a seven. Richmond uh, have a pretty good draft hand now, and yeah, I wouldn't have probably wanted to lose those picks. But I think the point of difference with uh, Jason Horn Francis is um, the fact that like Nick Dacos, obviously a superstar, Rao Anderson, the last few years, all these guys talked about, but he's doing it in the SNFL against men week in week out, and he's. He's getting mid twenties disposals. He's kicking a couple game, and he's yeah, he's really showing them how it's done, and he's extremely tough at the footy. So to be doing that against men, you can, you can, uh, he's only gonna have a great career. Yeah, no, exciting, and yeah, you only have to look at those offers to realise that these guys know more than I do. I must say it, and they obviously can see something in him that. He'll be a very great player in the future, and and that's why they these clubs want him so bad. Yeah, and it'll um, be a big get for North Melbourne oh, if huge. it falls that way, yeah. which it looks like it will. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, moving on, I just wanted to speak about Connor Bazlanka. He is sweeping the nation, right? The bloke in his what couple of years of footy. How many how many TikToks have we seen? 
oh. from post. Uh, you do remind me post grand final uh, that night from and other players that as well. Night. Dudes that were absolutely. It was great seeing the D's blokes, right? They're off their heads, but they were drinking to forget. Obviously. I was enjoying seeing Petrarca. I'm losing it, and and Gorney just up on the with the footy boots on in the club. There's nothing better than that, right? However, yeah, in, yeah. the amount of in the, night the amount of TikToks I have seen from women with Bailey Smith, mostly sixteen-year-old white females. I'm not getting race involved here or anything. I'm just saying that. And I just, I, I was actually, you reminded me of some of my work on TikTok. Sometimes, Connor, a good comment is better than a good video. I'll, I'll say that. If I get a comment with lots of likes, it's more pleasing than a video with lots of likes in lots of cases, right? And Pretty I up and about with it. I don't know how that works, but it just is. And so I commented on one video. It was about the ninth one of Bailey Smith I'd seen, about a five-minute gap. Um, and I wasn't swiping that fast, I can tell you that much. And uh, that's just, you know, yeah, that sounded a bit weird. But um, <laughs> obviously, no. Um, no, I, get I commented, does anyone... Oh, wait, wait, hold on. I was... Um, I'll bring it up, Connor. You, you fill the time um, and just tell us about, yeah, you well, know, just the only infatuation <laughs> the women actually have with the mullet well, and him as, as a person. Well, they clearly do have a huge infatuation because in the last few days, he's become the highest... Uh, um, it's good AFL, from you AFL player with the highest Instagram followers 340,000 340,000 Instagram followers He's passed the great Dustin Martin at 338 And a and few Buddy others And Buddy at 334, yeah and 334 for Bud, it's, obviously It's incredible I One of the best players of all time And the best goal kicker the AFL's probably ever seen And uh, this young 20, 20, 21 year old He's playing pretty good footy, don't get me wrong But He's he's already got there. Like he could be in the mills by the time oh, he's mate. finished. Uh, with with the obsession that um, women and people like have in him. Hence why I say he's sweeping the nation. Uh, I was pretty happy with my work here. I won't be. I won't. I'll be candid with you. Um, so the video was Bailey Smith talking to some young female supporters, uh, which probably don't even know what side he plays for. I'll be honest. Um, and he wanted to go to the cast, the cast, the casino. Um, and I've commented, and it's, guys, this is still ticking. They this probably guy, think right? he plays for the. Or they probably think the Northern Bullants or something. I don't know. Um, no, nah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be able to put that no, together. No, they wouldn't. Uh, the, uh, the Western Bulldog Cats. They'd be like, some, they'd chuck something together just anyway. to just to try and make it fit, but it just doesn't. As of thirty-three minutes ago, this this comment is still ticking. I got a like on it thirty minutes ago. I said. Burnsy underscore nine, if you haven't on, got on the TikTok, get on it. I said, did Bailey Smith go out or something? I actually haven't seen any videos of him. <laughs> it's, good, it's, good, it's good. It's not bad. It's good, um, it's good sarcasm. And also, Back Pocket Banner. Yeah, on, Back Pocket Banner on, on um, TikTok. We'll try and keep the content so coming. Get around However, that. Connor, 276 likes and counting on that one comment, which is, it's healthy. Uh, I've, Cracked 1K in the past, so it's not my best work, but it, it's up there. I was pretty happy. With it's it. pretty substantial. I don't really understand it because I don't comment on anything <laughs> really, and I, I probably don't have, uh, I probably don't have that sort of wit about me to comment uh, something uh, intellectually valuable, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and and good. I just, I don't really comment on that stuff, and um, not on the socials too much, so I don't. I don't really understand it, but I know it's a big deal for you and many others. Yeah, um, we'll we'll quickly chat. Obviously, it's a bit left field. No, not sport here, but well, I mean, well, it, it involves is, it is sim- sport. It is sport, uh, but it's not really. Uh, it's more than that. Um, Relationships. Nat Fife and Elise Perry. Um, there is something going on there. You can't tell me otherwise. N- no bloke is actually. That was going to sound very offensive. Sorry about that. No bloke in his right mind goes out of his way to go to WBBL, uh, you know, just to yes. watch, the, watch the talent unnecessarily. Um, and sorry to the women out there. And, and in Tassie too, I don't think... That, I love it as well. I don't think you just go, go over there for the fun. Of, he was there sitting and watching. Him and the, him and the bloke with him, though, the, maybe, only maybe in the, the pre- only two in, yeah, the, in, premises. The, yeah, in the stadium, but the WBBL kicked off last night. He was there. You go back early in the season, Elise Perry was at a game you only have in, to in WA. Dots. And I mean, like, 
why else are you going to a Fremantle game, you know? Uh, you only have to connect the dots. Elise Perry, she's talking to Nat Fife's family. Uh, Nat Fife, he's sitting there. The bloke he was sitting next to, who is to say that wasn't, that isn't Elise Elise's uh, relation. I think that family relation. It I think she just separated so. herself, and they did. Yeah, had a chat with family, just to sort of, um, to, I don't know, kind of acknowledge that they that there was nothing going on there at the time. Maybe blow it, blow it off, but not nah, you cheeky um, bugger. It obviously you, is. You you jewel Brownlow medalist and cheeky bugger, mate. We know what you're up to, so don't don't be keeping it under wraps. I want the official Instagram post saying. It's on. Uh, anyway, all that stuff is kept very quiet though. Like, but look, we know there's always been guys. It, like, there's always stuff with. I know. I know. It's pretty. It's pretty. Pretty obvious. But like Dusty, he's been floated with relationships, and you don't know what's going it's on. It's not a lock. This and is a lock. There's all. This is a lock. There's all these players where you're like, oh, is it really happening? You know, but uh, it probably. <laughs> uh, it probably is. But um, nah, good on you, Nat. Good on you, Elise, and um. Uh, another Watch really this space, see, how she, see how she goes. We might get an announcement in the next few days. <laughs> another really candid comment here. I don't want to get too blue on the pod, um, but if they did have a kid together, look, I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> I'm jumping the gun. I'll admit that. If they did have a kid together, would they play cricket, footy, or soccer? Because she played they would be, soccer as well. They would be an absolute specimen. Arguably the world's best athlete. They would be have more talent than. A kid created in a lab, made for talent. These, this, if they had a kid, the amount of, this kid would be, this kid would be running around kicking snags when he's three, and going to the going, oh, and he'd be just going to the soccer world cup when he's probably ten and um, playing some test cricket when he's uh, maybe a bit or older. Her, up. When he or her, yeah, he, he or, makes a decision, and obviously I'm jumping the gun big time. Look. Bowl absolute six. His only choice in life or her only choice in life would be what sport they want to play professionally, I think. And and, and that's that's great. That's a beautiful thing. It is it is great to see though. Like you don't you don't see too many um athletes kinda of in a relationship. It just doesn't really go sometimes. And, it, it's, and it's really well, obviously, um Mitch Stark and Alyssa Healy, um Together as well, that's another thing. But it must be must have a lot of challenges involved with they're always travelling, that they're overseas or they're going from state to state, and so many commitments while they're playing. So it's pretty tough. But yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's good to see. How often do you like? Actually, not how often. It's just it always seems to be the two, you know, two people of exquisite talent just find their way to each other. If you know what I mean, uh, like. How's it come about, you know? Just, g'day, Elise. I'm Nat Fife. I've won two Brownlows. Oh, g'day, Nat. I'm arguably best cricketer in the world. Uh, do you want to, like, further this? Um, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how that stuff nah, well, well, anyway, progresses. It's, it's uh, interesting. So, Toby Green, the last talking point, it went from three to six weeks. His sentence for contact with an umpire. Uh, I which, think this is a good call. I one like of it. Wi- one of which he already served, I think. So it's five, even though it said six everywhere. What do you reckon, though? With the well, it's a six-week total sentence. Well, what do you think? Everyone was everyone was saying, yeah, that's probably that's probably fair. It seems it seems a bit harsh, but then it it's probably fair because it was completely intentional. I know he says otherwise, and you didn't have to do it in that moment, like a lot of things that he's done. Uh, some. Sometimes you feel for him, but other times you you can't really help. But um, yeah, not not feel sorry for him with the things he does. But it's a loss for the game, and it's a loss for Giants early in the season. Which and the first five games or the early in the season is pretty critical to your chances further down the line. Yeah, I, I don't know if the AFL community has ever been as divided on a decision as that one, um, as what he should get. Like oh, all his tribunal kind of, hearings, like, they went for like. Three hours, like everything involved oh, no, in him has been just split no. But decisions. what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, from the outside, the AFL media world, to have blokes that and these guys are no pushovers, to have blokes champions of the game saying he should get off, right? And then you've got blokes champions of the game also saying he should get six weeks. Like, what is? Yeah, it is. What is the? Like, I cannot believe that it's that extreme. The 
um, views on it. When these or when all these people with differing views. Oh yeah, were some people in, could say had an involvement in footy, played, coached. I know, but Connor, umpired, whatever. Some people could say, yeah, he gets three, and some people could say, yeah, he should get six. I'll wear that. To have a six-week difference from from professional points of view was was um, fascinating for me. I, I couldn't really believe it, to be honest. Um, and I thought he should get rubbed out. Uh, you need to set the precedent and say it's not right and um, for local footy as well. So I thought that was a good call uh, yeah, in the end. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, I think that wraps up episode 50. What a cracker it's been, Connor. Um, it's good to be back uh, and we're going to keep it coming. We're going to keep it coming in the off-season. We're going to put in the hard work, put in a bit of groundwork and um, try and get a few guests teed up again um and yeah to raise the bat thanks again for the support guys it's been unreal uh i've raised that kookaburra ghost so high it's nearly went through the roof i'll tell you that much and and um yeah so just like the pod it's going through the roof guys so get on board and uh we thank you again for the support yeah yeah thanks a lot uh really appreciate it and very excited for the future and i hope you guys are as well you beauty. It's been real again, guys. Thanks.